0: Don't ask me to talk.
1: From the sublime to the ridiculous. Join me, Stacey Heller. And me, Eric Ryder.
0: As we talk about what's good to watch, read, see, listen to, and more.
1: An edutaining one-hour break in your day that includes the segment, What Are We Eating? Sponsored by Dingfelder's Delicatessen. Stick
0: with us for something good. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Don't Ask Me to Talk here on Kixi. This show, we like to think of it as a distraction from all the negative stuff that we consume daily, or not even negative. Sometimes it's just serious. Sometimes life is serious. So we instead focus on goodness, because good stuff should be shared. I'm Stacey Heller, and of course, I'm joined by my co-host, hey, Eric Ryder. Hey,
1: it's me, Eric Ryder. How are you?
0: I'm Good. I'm excited for today's show because uh, we have some really fun topics and some fun holidays with the Z to talk about. That's right. Um, I do want to thank everyone, of course, that listens to the show. Uh, If you like it, tell people about it. Share it. That's the whole premise of the show. Good stuff should be shared. And you can actually find this show on really any podcast podcast platform that you like finding your podcasts. So whether it's Apple or Google or, uh, I don't know, Spotify, wherever it is, check it out, share it, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, Also, if you want to connect with us, you can text or call 475-999-2726.
1: Or 475-999-ZAP-AM-
0: Really liking the Zap-Am. <laughs> really liking that zapam.
1: Sticks in the head.
0: Right? It does. So, uh, hey, our high holidays, our ridiculous holidays, we have a couple of good ones today. So, on this day, it is National Eat Outside Day.
1: Now, okay. I, I mean, I'm glad that they picked uh, an, a September day for National Eat Outside Day rather than say a December National Eat Outside Day. It's it's much more likely that this will get celebrated uh, rather right. than if it was in the winter.
0: I I I agree, and I was thinking about this, and I feel like the pandemic really helped. Uh at least the United States or maybe just where we are f- more fully embrace the idea of outdoor dining.
1: It it did. Yeah. Um and it, definitely the United States, but of course there's been some drawbacks uh with the uh the steps taken to enable folks to eat al fresca as they say in france i believe um yes. you know th- there was like shelters built uh, built and streets closed and then of course during the pandemic uh, some of those shelters had less airflow <laughs> than the restaurants that they were trying to supplement and then of course you had you know you had people using those Especially in New York, I've heard about this, like people using those for nefarious means and not just for outdoor dining. (laughs) Right. Of course. You just, that's that's society, isn't it?
0: I mean, honestly, it's exactly like take something good and what is it? It's uh, one bad apple spoils the bunch. There you go. Yeah, it's a thing. Um, Also- Try to get good uh, apples
1: and then eat them outside today.
0: Right. Um, it is also uh, it is cat month, it is national cat month, and
1: every month is cat month in my book. I
0: I agree, I agree, but in particular, this happens to be September, happens to be cat month, and it also happens to be uh, ginger cat appreciation day.
1: Oh, so.
0: Mm-hmm. And my great, no, not my great, I don't have grandchildren, so it can't be my great grandchild. My grandkitty, uh, he is a ginger. So, I mean, hey, Wilson, happy Ginger Cat Appreciation Day. So, that's a thing.
1: Um, well, okay. my I, my uh, ginger cat, <laughs> Fergal, unfortunately passed away earlier this year. Um, and, uh, so I'm still a little bit sad, uh, not having him around cause he, he was around hanging out with me for 18 years and, uh, we had a good time <laughs> and I, Aww. I still miss him quite a bit, but, uh, we planted a, uh, a plant. I can't remember the name of the plant, but it's got bright orange flowers and it's in full bloom. So I see that every day when I come home and it reminds me of him. And uh so, you know, it's a little tribute to Fergal. And uh who knows, maybe someday i will have another kitty move in.
0: Oh, that's sweet. That is very sweet. I'll try uh, to make it yeah, into I,
1: September to, you know, go along with National <laughs> Cat Month.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's it's also chicken month. So uh <laughs> I'm guessing that I'm guessing that that's not like, you know, your pet chicken, but I don't know, no. it might be. Um the other thing, so
1: chicken September makes lousy year, house pet. <laughs> that's
0: uh, right. That
1: just reminds me well, of that Dana Carvey sketch from long ago.
0: Oh my gosh. You, yes. Oh my gosh. That's really funny. Well, and as I'm scrolling through the September holidays, uh, apparently um, it's also National Chicken Boy Day. What? Uh, which, yeah. So, here's what it says September 1 celebrates the statue of chicken boy a man with a chicken head located on Avenue 56 at the top of future studio chicken boy has been a prominent fixture for 10 years and counting I I don't know uh it was a promotional gimmick for a fast food restaurant in downtown LA mm, okay. and so it's 22 feet tall, and uh, he is jokingly referred to as the Statue of Liberty of L.A.
1: You know, and I've been to L.A. a 16- few times, but I, I don't think I've seen Chicken Boy. Oh, you know what? Well, now that I look at the images, I, I I haven't seen Chicken Boy in the flesh or in the whatever he's made of, in the steel. <laughs> but I've seen Chicken Boy on tv shows and in images before right yeah and this is he's a man with a chicken head holding a bucket presumably of chicken and uh which yeah this is the statue of liberty of los angeles that's great
0: right i know i'm like so does that make him like a um like a cannibal a chickenable i don't know what that makes him
1: it's all um, it's always very confusing when you start making uh, the animal that you're serving as a dish, the uh, the mascot for your restaurant. Uh, it it becomes kind of disturbing once you you know start doing the math on that. And there again, Saturday Night Live had a very funny sketch about that, like a parody commercial that was uh, Clucky's. Uh, fried chicken and he's like i taste great (laughs) (laughs) well worth looking up if you haven't seen that one
0: i totally uh i know these wow you and i both watch the same like i feel like snl has like waves of like eras and yeah you know um there's some really good ones i'm yeah I'm a little sad about some of the cast that uh has left this year but we'll see they always seem to bring new people um okay now there's two birthdays that we're celebrating today and they are on two ends of the spectrum so i had the wrong birthdays uh in my notes here but have no fear because similar to the contradiction that was the birthdays i thought it was there is chanel west coast Yes, yeah, that is right. It is Chanel West Coast's birthday.
1: Is that a you person that or a thing?
0: Well,
1: <laughs> is that, that we're talking uh, about the brand Chanel and their West Coast division? What, what is this?
0: No, no Chanel. I can't be West the only Coast, one that has
1: never heard of this. I, I I've heard of Chicken is, Boy, but not, <laughs> not Chanel so, West Coast. <laughs>
0: Here's the deal. Chanel West Coast, it is the stage name for this reality television star that first came to prominence on Rob uh, Dyrdek's Fantasy Factory and Ridiculousness. So she's the blonde gal, and she's also a musician, and I'm using air quotes. Um, So she has been on tour, and she's done some mixtape stuff, and... Um, I can't remember what the name of her song was, but she signed with uh, Little Wayne and his Young Money record label, and yeah, so that's one end of the spectrum for birthdays today. Okay, and so I, this is a hip hop
1: artist. Sp- no, that's why I don't. Necessarily yeah, that's like know.
0: saying. That Paris Hilton, when she did her song "Stars Are Blind," is like is a pop artist. So well, she was a pop I'm artist. <laughs> I mean, okay. yes. Yep.
1: You're just saying not particularly good in their genre.
0: Correct. Just not uh, nuanced. <laughs> right. And then on the other end of the spectrum, it is Barry Gibb's birthday.
1: Of the Bee Gees, of course.
0: Of the Bee Gees. Yeah. So I mean. You know, there's there's two ends of the musical spectrum in terms of you hits, experience, fan base. Success. Um,
1: success. <laughs> <Yes. It's laughs> I mean. Very few artists as successful as the Bee Gees.
0: And speaking of SNL, huge fan of... When Jimmy Fallon and uh, Justin Timberlake would do the Barry Gibb talk show,
1: that's right. Right, <laughs> it all ties back to SNL.
0: Right, giving it up for the Barry Gibb talk mm. show. Mm-hmm. They've
1: been yeah. on for like forty years, so of course, <laughs> there's uh, going to yeah. be some so- cultural touchstones there.
0: Absolutely, and uh, you know, so happy birthday to Barry Gibb. I mean, i I think I saw. Um, Saturday Night Fever and Grease as a double feature when it came out, or a couple of years after it came out, and that was quite the double feature to see at seven or eight whenever it came out. I was like, "What is happening here?" But the music, unbelievable for both movies.
1: Yeah, well, I I just got to say that I'm impressed that Barry Gibb is still staying alive. stand alive.
0: <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Yeah, so September is a big month
1: because he's 75, by the way.
0: Wow, wow. Every time I hear about somebody and how old they are, um, I will say it just ends up making me feel old. I'm like, oh, they're not much, they're not as old as I thought they yeah, were. Like I'm I not saying were...
1: 75 is that old, but of course, you know, recently Olivia Newton-John just passed on and she was around the same age. So, you know, and musicians, it seems like for whatever reason, don't typically live all that long. Right. Uh, so, you know, it, right. to still be going strong and still be active at 75, hats off.
0: hundred percent, totally. Uh, so there is a kind ton of different... Uh, things that it is this month besides national chicken month celebrate chicken boy um you know it's like food safety month and national cholesterol but those are not as fun um so with our topic today the barry gibb and chanel west coast that's kind of (laughs) a perfect tie-in to what we're talking about today uh So do you want to take a quick break here? And then when we come back, we can talk about the topic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Our topic of our top five favorite albums.
0: Yeah, this was really hard.
1: Yes. And we'll do individual ones because I don't think our tastes line up exactly. But I bet there's, uh, you know, uh, your top five, probably a lot of them probably appear in my top 300 or whatever. And and maybe (laughs) (laughs) maybe likewise. And we'll, we'll find out. But before right. we do that, before we uh, get to the break, you know, we had talked at one point of doing a segment that would be like stuff I forgot to mention or oh, um, yeah. mistakes maybe that I want to address. So I was thinking we should maybe bring this segment back and maybe call it Regrets. I've had a few. What do you think? Oh,
0: I like that. Oh my gosh. That's okay. So do you have regrets from last week's I, episode? I do
1: have regrets from last week <laughs> because I was listening and I realized that I accidentally said that uh Mike Dicta uh, co created Spider Man. <laughs> and of course, oh. I meant Steve Ditko, but in my, you know. Excitement of talking about Spider-Man. I said Mike Ditka, who, of course, during the '80s was the coach for the Chicago Bears, Da Bears. I think
0: you mean Da Bears. That's right. To
1: tie it back into Saturday Night Live again, Da Bears. Of course uh so oh yes yeah mike nick is not steve dicko the legendary comic book artist and i knew that but i just misspoke but i wanted to bring it up because when i heard that i i laughed <laughs> but i was also a little bit horrified
0: <laughs> well and the funny thing is like you know when you uh you hear something and like i know exactly who mike nick is i know you know uh my kids are into comic books. So I knew what you were saying and yet like heard it and didn't even, didn't even register because it was like, yep. Yep. Totally. So good for you. All right. I like Somebody that. out there I'm like, on. wow,
1: he really had a varied career, <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. The bears, the spiders, <laughs> the That's Batman, right. the Superman. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. I've added to our show notes. Regrets. I've had a few. All right. Awesome.
1: Let's take a break, and then we'll hop right into the topic. Awesome. Stay tuned for more Don't Ask Me to Talk.
0: Whether it's fly fishing or French pastry, we all have something that makes our tail wag. Involuntary and instinctive, it's sparked by excitement, inspired by purpose, and it speaks to who we are. I'm Stacey Heller of Stacey Connects. I lead clients to the place that makes their tail wag. As a creative director, I bring ideas to life. As a podcast producer, I give ideas a voice. Stacy Connects. It's my superpower. If you want to connect with me, Stacy Heller, go to stacyconnects.com. Hey everybody, welcome back. We are talking today. Well, first of all, in case, in case you're just tuning in here, this is Don't Ask Me to Talk. Uh, I'm Stacy Heller. Of course, I'm joined by Eric Ryder, and we are talking today about our top 5 favorite albums. Okay. Now, this wasn't easy, and I will say you are far more musically aware and diverse in your knowledge than I am. Um,
2: I, I'm not true.
1: Uh, sure. That's 100 true, but uh, I, I, I'll take it. I, I, <laughs> I'm happy to go along with that description because I do love music quite a bit.
0: Yeah, and you know, and there's no like, hey, I mean, own it. The music I found that I picked because trying to narrow it down are. I picked albums that I would never be disappointed if any song on the album played, Mm -hmm. that if I was on a deserted island and I only had five, that they would bring me back to certain times in my life, Uh, memories associated, people, so the listening is rich in terms of the context of the time and the place and where I was in my life, Uh, some classics and...
1: Um, yeah, this is a common yeah. common topic uh, of discussion. And you can do this with your friends at home, by the way, if you need an icebreaker, top five albums or Desert Island discs. And, uh, you know, I, I always wonder what Desert Island has a functioning CD player or a record player, whatever. Uh, so, And then somebody could easily make all the critics lists by, you know, just releasing like a water filter with their record and uh, – you know, or make their make their record a functioning water filter, and then I they mean, they'd be top of the list of desert island discs. You, right. you must have this. So,
0: um, I have an idea for a podcast. I think that we need to get the professor from Gilligan's Island, or a voice actor, obviously, since he was able to get a radio at times so that they could listen to music and all that kind of stuff. Made of
1: coconuts, I think.
0: (laughs) Pretty much. Maybe he needs to be the one that does, like, the Desert Island Discs, right? With, like, DJ Professor Coconut or something. (laughs) All right.
1: Maybe. Maybe.
0: (laughs) Okay, so how do you want to do this? Do you want to... Uh, I didn't order mine in like number of like my number one fave. I just did five and at any given time, the order could change. Likewise. Okay. So do you want to like each do our list or do you want to go like? Yeah. Why don't we, why don't
1: we start with your list and then we'll get to mine.
0: Okay. So the first on my list is the, record Three Feet High and Rising by De La Soul.
1: You love De La Soul.
0: I love De La Soul. And De La Soul- Classic hip-hop artist. Right?
1: Groundbreaking in the the mid-'80s and late-'80s, I would say.
0: Yes. Yeah. And the frustrating thing about uh, De La Soul music, especially this- iconic Three Feet High and Rising album is that you cannot find it anywhere. It's not on any streaming services. So I had to go and I had to buy the disc. Yes, that's right, folks. And I can only listen to it in my car, which has a disc player in the glove box. And it's it's really hard to find, you know, the it's not anywhere streaming. I don't know what the deal is. There's, I'm sure they've been in negotiations or something. Maybe Eric, you know more about it, but
1: yeah, apparently you can listen on YouTube, Pandora, Apple music, etc. but, uh, you're probably using Spotify and it doesn't look like it's on Spotify. So.
0: Wait, are you kidding me? Wait, three feet high and rising though is on
1: there. Yep. Yep.
0: Okay. I'm shook. And th- okay. I mean, this well, might have happened
1: so- in between you buying the physical copy. But I think, you know, with music, if it's something you really love, you need to own the physical copy because you, you definitely appreciate it more listening to something as a piece rather than just, you know, having yes. a, a tune pop up in a shuffle. Totally.
0: And I will say that Three Feet High and Rising, there is so many little, like, Bits that are random little standalone or like intros or outros to songs. 20, 23 and tracks
1: on it. So some of these have got to be fairly short. I imagine.
0: Yep. Totally. So anyway, so that's, that's that one. Then of course, violent fins,
1: the, like, the self-titled debut album.
0: Yep. And I know every song on that album by heart. And I was so proud when my son, Charlie, who all summer had been hosting this Sunday, they call it book group, but it's like album group. And a, one of his friends would bring an album into the like discussion, and they would all listen to it throughout the week and then talk about what they liked, what they didn't. And one of his friends brought in this particular album, and I was like, are you kidding me right now? Am I potentially cool? So... <laughs>
1: You know this one. I mean, I love this album as well. This was a, a staple in high school for me. Uh, but uh, you know, it was released in 1983. But I think, like every high schooler, goes through a phase where Violent Femmes is in their top five for sure. And it it still sounds great to this day. They were, you know, a kind of a groundbreaking um, indie band. And yeah, I mean, great songs, Blister in the Sun, Please Do Not Go, Promise, Gone Daddy Gone, Kiss Off, Add It Up. I mean, these are all classics. And, you know, they were like, they they were such a different band because they were a rock and roll trio, but they played acoustic instruments, but they didn't play them like the Kingston Trio or whatever. They played them aggressively (laughs) and some, and their arrangements were uh, very interesting. Sometimes they would just kind of go off in a song and verge into a whole different direction than you might expect. And uh, you know, the lyrics are very angsty, but so catchy. And yeah, I think that's a great choice.
0: Thank you very much. Uh, I also chose. And they're still
1: touring to this day, by the way.
0: Yeah, I it's know. Amazing. I'm I'm like it's unbelievable. Uh the Joshua Tree of course, you too. You too, sure. Uh that is a classic for me. I listened to that uh tape on repeat when I worked in Maine for one summer in particular and the soundtrack of that moment in my life is Joshua Tree. I was working in Maine, in the northern part, in on the lakes. I was learning what awesome means, except for, you know, other than a Valley Girl catchphrase, awesome. Uh, I learned what it really meant. And that particular album with just the big sounds that it had, um, it, it still has that same, it gives me shivers vibe.
1: Yeah, from 1987, I remember this being a massive album where the streets have no name, of course, maybe the the biggest hit, and I still haven't found what I'm looking for, like the first couple tracks, just huge singles for the band, and really this, I think, was their big breakthrough in the U.S., um, and kind of sealed them as being probably the biggest band in the world, uh, you know, at In 1987, and then you know they've kind of held on to that title pretty much since then. Uh, you know, based on the strength of all the singles that came out after that. I mean, they were popular before, of course, but this, right, right, you know, this album really made them huge in the U.S. And you know, when you're huge in the U.S., you're pretty much huge everywhere.
0: <laughs> totally. I mean, dare I say it? They're almost a modern day uh, or a. a my generation's Beatles right and you know Bono with all the charity work that he does and uh you know just generally being around obviously the Beatles weren't around for as long as U2 has been but just this idea of them being um this massive band they've changed the sound as they've grown and developed and uh you know they feel like a movement more than a band
1: (laughs) sometimes Um, yeah
0: So um, and speaking of the Beatles, I had to put in Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, Uh, you know, of all of I I was going to cheat. I had typed in uh, one because I was like, oh, like, you know, that's like remastered all of the hits and whatever. And I was like, nope, I'm not going to do that. I am (laughs) going to pick one of them. And so I decided to go with that one. Uh, There's just so much there and it's like I don't know it's ridiculous and joyous and fun and playful and I don't know that is the Beatles of their best um and then my last one yeah this was a. I uh I was telling my kids about this and they were like seriously you're gonna put this uh but yeah 100% I'm gonna put this this is the first album I ever got it is the Annie the musical original Broadway cast recording and it is the first vinyl album I ever got. I listened to it until I had to get like another one. To this day on my Spotify, I have the album as part of my collection. I sing one of the songs in the shower at least twice a week. I am convinced that I need it, to be Is it the same again.
1: song or a different song each week?
0: It's typically the same song, but it, it changes... Sometimes, um, I, all right, let me see. I, I know the words to it and I am not going to sing it. It's not a hard knock life. (laughs) It's totally not a hard knock life. That would be so obvious. Um, let me see if I can find the name of it. It is, uh, okay. You're never fully dressed without a smile. okay. Yep. Yep. Um, it, it doesn't matter if you're a hobo or, or whatever. Like, I, I could totally sing the words, but like I said, I'm not going to. Uh, but in the shower, I built that sucker out.
1: I mean, and- these songs have definitely broken through. Whether you know Annie or not, whether you like musicals, whether you're, you know, a Broadway fan at all. I mean, everybody knows tomorrow, the sun will come out tomorrow, and it's a hard knock life. Both of those just ubiquitous And I think even Jay Z sampled "It's a Hard Knock Life" uh, for one of his songs. So yeah, I mean, I I, I'm I wouldn't put it in my top five, but respect uh, that you know it is a a cultural touchstone for sure.
0: Thank you, thank you very much. All right, so those are my top five. I have uh, others that I put in my notes, um, but those that's what I honed it down to. All right, so your so okay first thoughts on my selection like what do you think you think it's like
1: uh I think the, those are those are good choices and it's uh those are varied choices um and you know I I think I could survive a road trip with you <laughs> nice. so quite easily like there would definitely be stuff that I would go eh, but you know, I I think a lot of this I would actually enjoy listening to, uh, with you. So I I think uh, good choices for sure.
0: Thank you, thank you very much. And
1: okay. I'll straight up say Violent Femmes uh, debut album is in my top one hundred. So right there we cross over there for sure.
0: Love it. Okay. All right. So your turn. Top five.
1: Okay. Gosh. And this. This
0: had to be brutal for you.
1: Oh, you 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 said it. <laughs> this was tough because. I there's probably a hundred albums that circulate like, Oh, this has gotta be the best album of all time when I'm listening to it, you know. And that but it's it's so hard to just narrow it down to five. Um and you know what some things I found like for me like trying to make a top five, I decided that it's got to be a perfect album in my book. Now everybody's got different opinions and different tastes. So somebody else may think, Oh, that's only got one great song or whatever. But for me, when I'm listening to it, there's no track that I want to skip. It's just nonstop Mm -hmm. goodness. And so sometimes there's bands that are like, you know, in my top five bands, but maybe none of their records are in my top five because there's one or two tracks on each record that I go, yeah, they were experimenting or whatever. That one, whatever, for whatever reason, doesn't gel with me. So these aren't necessarily my um, top five bands, even though some of them are. <laughs> but okay, for whatever okay. reason, these records, I think, are just perfect albums, start to finish. So with that huge disclaimer... Uh, Now, let me tell you about five records nobody else has ever heard. (laughs) Perfect. Let's do it. So for number one, I'm going with a prefab sprout, Steve McQueen, known in this country as uh, two wheels good. And the reason why was because the Steve McQueen estate said, oh, we don't want any like brand confusion or whatever. So you got to call it something different. Um, so, they in the UK, it's called Steve McQueen. In this country, it was released as Two Wheels Good, but the band is Prefab Sprout. And it's, I just think, perfect from start to finish. You just, it's hard to find a more perfect record in my book. I mean, it's just the smart, super smart lyrics, super catchy melodies, uh, beautiful production from Thomas Dolby. Um, yeah, just a straight up classic. And it's really hard even with that band, because in my mind, they've released like four perfect records. Uh, but this one for whatever reason is just slight cut above those other three. All
0: right. Okay.
1: So have you ever heard of Prefab Sprout before? (laughs)
0: Um, actually I have, but like if, if the music like ran me over in a car, I probably wouldn't be like, Oh, Prefab Sprout. But yes, (laughs) I actually have heard of it. Cool. Uh, so now I'm going I'm writing these down because I want to check it out, of course.
1: So let's see. So for number two, there's a band from the '90s called Manson, not to be confused with Marilyn Manson or the deranged <laughs> killer uh, Charles Manson. Um, or Hanson and yes, Or Hanson or Bob It's M A N S U N. And it's just their second record, and it's so weird, And it's, but it's just perfect. Uh, it's just, I can't even describe it. It's like they've packed like a million ideas into about 60 minutes. And their first record, I think, was the fan favorite, but for whatever reason, six, their second record... <laughs> just them being difficult um you know just it strikes me as just a a fantastic perfect record and it's like there's prog there's punk there's post-punk there's indie there's all these like genres just crammed into this thing and it's i just think it's a masterpiece
0: okay all right wait and tell me what the name of it is again
1: it's called six by the band manson
0: okay because i'm i'm like literally going in and i'm i'm getting these and i'm Adding them to my collection here. Okay. All right. And it's definitely
1: not for everybody, but if you're having a bad day, there's a track called Negative that you just, (laughs) it's the perfect anthem for having a bad day. (laughs) So, perfect. so we'll move on to uh, number three for me is a, a Dublin band called Pony Club. And not to be confused with New Young Pony Club, uh, they call themselves, that the, because New Young Pony Club came out after Pony Club, they're like, ah, oh, we're happy to be old decrepit Pony Club. <laughs> <laughs> and that just kind of illustrates the kind of sense of humor that the lead singer and songwriter Mark Colin has. And his songs are all basically about relationships gone awry including you know like long-term marriages and stuff and it's like as he says you you don't really want me to write a song about you uh but that's funny they're just brilliant cutting very smart um you know kitchen sink dramas but the the melodies and the hooks are just huge and beautiful um, okay, so, so I'm neighbor. looking
0: this up. Is it Family Business or Home Truths?
1: Home Truths was the first album. Family Business is the second album. For me, I think Home Truths is fantastic, and a lot of people cite that as their favorite, but for me, Family Business is, is the one. All but right. again, a, he released three perfect records I, in my book, um, so to pick one of those three is uh, really tough.
0: Okay. All right. Okay.
1: Yeah. And he's kind of like a reclusive guy, too. You know, I very, very rarely see any kind of interviews with him. And yeah, so it's it's very frustrating as a fan <laughs> yeah, <I'll laughs> to bet. have your favorite band be so obscure because I've never seen them live. But
0: okay. All right. So number
1: four. Number four would be um, British bands and Irish bands here. Uh, how about an American band? Pixies, Doolittle. Oh, yeah. yeah. I that's their second full-length album um, and you know they're still going to this day and still making great music, but I don't think they've ever uh, bettered their second album Do little, which again just start to finish perfect and groundbreaking, you know they they basically invented the loud, quiet, loud, Song structure that like bands like Nirvana and a whole bunch of other bands in the 90s picked up and ran away with. It was the Pixies that kind of came up with that formula and, you know, used it to fantastic effect. And, you know, so many great songs on that album, highly recommended. And I saw them uh, live do the album from start to finish at like 20 years after it was released. And it was still just like amazing. Just so cool. And then, um, so number five, I got to shout out my friends in the Band of Holy Joy. It's a British band and their 1989 album called Manic Magic Majestic. And it is just, again, another perfect record, brilliant lyrics um, from singer Johnny Brown. And they're like another, you know, very interesting, groundbreaking group that's had so many different lineups. But, you know, they, they, like, at the time of this album, they had an accordion player, stand-up bass player, um, and yet there's still parts where it just straight-up rocks, too, <laughs> you know? Um, so sometimes they were compared to the Pogues, which I think mm-hmm. more people know, um, but they were less Celtic, being British instead of Irish. Um, and just every song, beautiful, brilliant, and totally underrated, I have had the chance to see live a few times. I had to make a special trip to the UK to do it, (laughs) but it was worth doing because they're, you know, they're fantastic. Um, But uh, yeah, it definitely worth checking out Band of Holy Joy, but especially Manic Magic Majestic, which totally lives up to its title.
0: I, okay. So first of all, my takeaway is uh, the late 80s was a very rich time of music for your musical tastes and second of all you and my brothers would be uh music buddies well like
1: let me just say that the Manson album came out in 1999 and the Pony Club album was like 2005 or 2006 i think so there is some variance
2: there
0: <laughs> well no there is but i noticed a couple of them are late 80s that's true um and uh And I'm like my brother, like a lot of the musical references and music that you like, they totally remind me of a lot of the music that my brother was listening to. So we might have to have my brother on the show and you guys can.
1: Sounds uh, like your brother has good taste.
0: Yes, totally. I'm like, all right, I've got to share this with him and see what his thoughts are. If he knows. So that was kind of fun. I would, I think I would enjoy being on a road trip with you because I love hearing different types of music and new music and, um,
1: or even new old music
0: or even new old music. (laughs) And I, I, I think the whole mixtape thing, you know, that we all remember when, or a lot of us maybe remember from when we were younger, Mm -hmm. it's such a fun way to communicate like messages or like, Hey, get to know me. Uh, You know, it's such a cool thing. So uh dare i say it i kind of want an eric writer playlist so that
1: i think this is a good idea we need to make a uh a spotify or youtube playlist of these top five albums for both of us so that people can check them out if they haven't heard of them
0: I, absolutely i'll do it i'll set up. um uh let's see i'll set it up on spotify to start with
1: fantastic
0: I'll I'll let everybody know what the name of it is. We'll have that in our regrets. I've had a few next week and uh, let everybody know what it is. So this was fun. Oh, my gosh. We have to do more of these type things.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: All right. And uh, for people that are listening, what are your top five? I mean, what are the things? Good question. it, It doesn't have to be perfect, but... Uh, you know, what are the things, whatever your criteria is, it doesn't matter. Just share it with us. Remember that you can text or call 475-999-2726 or in the words of Eric.
1: 475-999-2RAM.
0: There we go. All right, let's take a break and uh, let's, let's see what. What Vance has to say. Yeah, and, maybe uh, he's I wonder, got his top his
1: five top sandwiches five for us.
0: <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. All right. Keep listening to Don't Ask Me to Talk. We will be right back with Vance Dingfelder of Dingfelder's Delicatessen. Mm-hmm.
1: Interested in learning something new? Meeting someone new? Find out things that we have in common? Well, of course you are. You're a human being. So let's get intentional about it. Join me, JDK Winnekin, every week and get all of that in less than an hour. I'm a writer, a historian, a social commentator, and my show is all about you. Really, that's what it's called. This show is all about you. Get my perspectives on the week's news and hear fascinating guests whose stories will inspire and move you. My show is all about giving you something that connects us. Join me Mondays on Kixie 880 at 3 p.m. or download it as a podcast. Can't get enough of Stacy and Eric? Then be sure and check out Stacy Connects with Stacy Heller wherever you find podcasts. Stacy chats with guests about a variety of topics hoping to make a connection through conversation.
0: Don't ask me to talk. Hey, welcome back to the show. Uh, we just had an awesome discussion about top favorite uh, five albums. But now we're switching gears. Now we've got Vance Dingfelder of Dingfelder's Delicatessen and Nourish Catering on the line. So
1: Definitely in my top five deli owners of all time.
2: Right? I don't know, Eric. How many deli owners do you know?
1: Well, that's why you're number one.
2: (laughs) I kind of figured. The top five. I was like, what? You know five deli owners?
1: I, I don't necessarily deli- know the other, you know, four. The other four. But what I know of them. I know their work.
2: Five deli owners in Seattle even. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I deli mean, be a really good deli, by
1: the way. <laughs> fantastic.
2: All right. <laughs> so
0: what are we eating? what are we
2: what are we eating? What are we talking about? You know, it's Labor Day. So let's talk about something that's labor intensive. Fried chicken. All right. Uh Uh, (laughs) A fried chicken is really not that difficult to make. But it feels like it is. You know, well, why does it feel difficult? Tell me, Stace.
0: It feels difficult because it feels like there's multiple steps. And, like, there's something about, like, we're all... Or I'll just say it. I feel lazy if I have to have multiple steps and multiple like dishes or something. It freaks me out. It feels complicated.
2: Well, we could we could just go to several. We have wonderful chicken places here in Seattle, don't we?
0: Well, I mean, hundred percent we do. Um, none of them. None however,
2: matters if you make it. Yourself.
0: Okay, so are you going to tell me want, that I know that to, Nourish does it because do to, I just to, had it over the weekend.
2: <laughs> so do you want to talk about, um, let's talk about something easy. Rather than doing bone in, how about boneless? Right? Oh. Like, we're going to do, like we're going to do boneless chicken and we're going to fry it, right? Okay. So it's, an easy, yep. it's a much easier, quicker way to do it. And you, you're not going to fry it and have it be overdone and and have it be raw by the bone. It, it'll come out really good. So okay. what I recommend is that you take some boneless, skinless chicken thighs. Or you can do skin on, which are my favorite. Because yep. who doesn't like fried chicken skin? Excuse oh. me. <laughs> They're called Redmond's. And you can get them at the deli. They're, they're, they're Jewish chicharones. Oh, okay. So skin on, boneless chicken thighs. You can see them, you, you can get them anywhere, Costco, wherever you like. Okay. okay. And you soak them in buttermilk. And in the buttermilk, you want to put poultry seasoning. Any poultry seasoning you find. If you like Johnny seasoned salt or Lowry's seasoned salt, I don't care who's seasoned salt, any kind of seasoning, in addition to the poultry rub, you do that too. And make sure it's got some salt, because the salt will hold the moisture in the chicken. And you soak okay. it overnight. Okay.
0: Hey, by the way, like, I assume that I'm doing buttermilk to, like, cover the thighs, and I'm adding poultry season to, like, there's not exact amounts here.
2: No, there really isn't. I mean, you know, I mean, if you think about it to Okay, how about, how about this? To a quart of buttermilk, you mm-hmm. want half a cup of poultry seasoning and half a cup of any other seasoning that you want. So okay. you want it to be seasoned well, okay? You can put anything you want in it, but you're going to soak it overnight. And what happens is, it's the acid in the buttermilk that helps to break down the protein in the chicken, makes it tender, helps it to be juicy, gives it flavor. Next day, you're going to create um, a, a breading out of anything that you want. Panko, breadcrumbs, progresso, I, it doesn't matter. You want breadcrumbs and panko, mix the two, and then put the same seasoning that you had milk into your breadcrumbs. The one thing okay. you're going to add to your breadcrumbs, the one ingredient that you're going to add to your breadcrumbs is baking powder. You're going to put to every 32 ounces of, of breadcrumbs, you're going to put a tablespoon of baking powder. And mix it in with a whisk or a fork so that it's spread throughout the breadcrumbs. So you okay. take it, take it, Take your chicken right out of the buttermilk, put it into your flour and then, uh, not flour, put it into your breadcrumbs and bread it and then fry it. All right. And then you're going to fry it in your your air fryer. You can can put it in the refrigerator for an hour. And what the baking powder does is it makes it a little extra crispy. And that's it. If you have oil in a frying pan... Put it, put it, an inch of oil in the bottom of a frying pan, and fry them like you would chicken tenders. If you if you're fortunate enough to have a deep fryer, now you're talking. Okay. Now deep you're deep talking. All right. From, until it cooks to 165 degrees, and that's about it. And All right, So soon. you know, it takes five minutes. So that's the so, easiest way to do it. We can do more complicated ways, but no, you do it that not, way. You got the basics.
0: All right, so now since we only have a couple minutes left here, I'm going to like write this up and then I'll share it on our Instagram page which is uh Safety Connects Podcast is the Instagram account handle and uh people can try to make this. Now, oh, uh oh, cool. we had uh over the weekend there was a wedding that you catered and uh, I helped out with and one You're of the items that you served was was uh, fried chicken sliders and they were amazing. So tell people how you prepared them so that, you know, okay, take your chicken and now to elevate it, now do this.
2: Well, it was the breading process, if you really want uh-huh. to know. We dipped it in egg, we dipped it in flour, First flour, then egg, and then the breadcrumbs. And that's really the difference that we did. Um, Yeah, it was amazing. And then, of course, wait a second. We we put it on a yeasty roll that was like a a King's Hawaiian roll, but it was better. It, it It was like a yeasty kind of roll, a dinner roll with honey, sriracha, and pickle on the bottom, sour pickle on the bottom. That's a Chick-fil-A thing. So I I did that. But the Honey Sriracha, all ours. All ours. Oh.
0: Yeah. My girls uh, were both at the wedding, and they were like new favorite thing from Vance. And it was sort of like picking the top five albums like Eric and I had to do today. It is hard for them to pick the top five favorite Vance items. But that went like immediately to the top.
2: Yeah, they were like talking about those chicken sounds. Oh my god.
0: They were like beside themselves. Yeah, I mean it was it was amazing. So I love that each week you like We're talking about fried chicken. It is chicken month. Uh, I'm going to write up this recipe and share it with people. And then uh, if you want to try something that's a little bit different, reach out to Nourish Catering and you can get these fried chicken sliders. And you will not be disappointed. Both of my daughters say so. And my daughters are not liars. So there you go. I love you, Stacy. I love you too, Vance. And remember, folks.
2: You did a great job with that wedding. You should be really proud of yourself. You did a really good job.
0: Thank you. You did too. It's always a pleasure to work with you. Uh, If you want to work with Vance, and by work, I mean eat some of his food, go to dingfelders.com and you can also go to nourishcatering.com and see what Vance and his team have to offer. You will not be disappointed. Thanks, Vance.
2: Thank you, Stacey. You have a great weekend.
0: You too. Love
2: you. Love you
1: too. Bye-bye. Bye, Bats. And that's why he's in my top five deli owners of all time and uh, catering owners of all time, too, because he's just that good.
0: He is that good. And I love the fact that he loves food more than he even loves uh, focusing on sponsoring his own food.
1: <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that is true. Yeah.
0: So don't get them um, started
1: on a, on a good,
0: right?
1: Well, we, you know, we are running out of time, but we do need to pick our topic for next week. What's it going to be? Let's find out.
0: All right, here we go.
1: So we spin the wheel of good. All right. This would be favorite or weird idioms. And, uh, you know you're going to have to define <laughs> i feel dumb but you're going to have to define <laughs> what you want from the uh, discussion of idioms for me
0: well i mean an idiom is like a commonly used saying right so it's like it it becomes it's a saying that uh has its own meaning and has nothing to do with the original um like use of the words. So for instance, under the weather, right? Mm-hmm. So like, that's an idiom. It's a saying. And, yes. uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll send you a link so that you can understand it. But basically, I just looked it up. I, I get what you're saying now saying. for sure. All right. All right. All right. All right. I mean, my grandmother used to say I'll tell the cockeyed world. So there you go.
1: I'll have to think some up.
0: All right. <laughs> All right. So on that note, everyone have a great week and uh, we will see you next week.
1: That's right. Happy Labor Day, everybody.
0: Happy Labor Day.